The Free for All Roundtable. Round two. On round two, Kofi Hope is here from Monumental and the Toronto Star, uh, principal at BroadwayStrategy.com, and the guy who brings you touchdowns and fumbles on Friday is Bob Reed and Lindsay Broadhead, strategic communications and public affairs advisor. Uh, let's start with something that's in all three of your wheelhouses, and that would be the Toronto budget. And as I did on round one, there's just so many angles to this budget. I don't necessarily want to ask you any one question. I'd like to know what sort of most jumps out at you, what most concerns you. And Lindsay Broadhead, maybe I'll start with you. Uh, the tax increase certainly was somewhat eye-popping when we learned of it yesterday, although John Tory will argue it's still below the price of inflation. Yeah, well, first of all, I want to congratulate you and the team for, I, I listened to your interviews this morning and they were all incredible. Um, I also want to, uh, you know, regardless of what you think of the City Hall team, I'm really impressed by the degree of transparency that the mayor and Councillor Crawford offered. So um, that usually takes up 50% of my critique for most any issue that we face is the way it's communicated. Um, in terms of um, the actual budget itself, you know, look, this is something that the mayor cued to um, very clearly that uh, if if we weren't able to secure um, greater funding support from the province and feds, we got some from the province, this would be uh, something that needed to be considered. Um, it's, it's not a good thing, but the fact is, is our city, uh, our country in general, is we're spending more than we're making. Um, and whether that's at a city level or our own household level, we know the consequences of that. Um, you know, right now he's decided to uh, save certain services and he's articulated why, um, but those are at risk if we don't pay more. Uh, so there's a direct equivalency and I, I think it's uh, unfortunate for sure, but it's what's required. Uh, Kofi Hope, let me turn to you. And I will say, I went through the budget in full yesterday and page after page, I kept thinking, yikes, this is, there's some scary stuff in here. Yeah, yeah, John. I, but I'll also pick up the tax piece. I think that's at the heart of it, right? We've kept property taxes comparatively to the 905 to other jurisdictions really low for a long time. Um, and, you know, we're having to kind of pay the price around that. And, you know, the star, um, which I write for, lots of articles over the winter about service levels and how low they are and the need to bring in more revenue and i think it's not just you know progressive papers talking about it even myself i did work specifically in low-income neighborhoods across toronto talking to people people are worried about services about the maintenance of their facilities about garbage cleaning about you know mice in their community centers and the thing is if we want the things that we need as a big global city as a city that just meets people's basic everyday needs we need the revenue and this budget the scary part is you know we haven't accounted for bill 23 where we'll be lowering development charges on some new developments that will be happening around affordability i think mayor tory said that could have like a 200 million dollar consequence yeah. and if that doesn't get covered there's going to be even more costs that are there. And so, you know, this is just the beginning, unfortunately, where we have to figure out how do we bring in the revenue to have the city we want? Because honestly, I think after all of these years, there's not a ton that can really be cut. Well, and that's interesting, Bob Reed. Again, I'll let you take this in any direction. But I was mentioning earlier in the show that I think there's a tremendous disconnect between what people expect from their governments and how much they want to pay for it. And so I guess they'd say in Quebec, c'est la facture, here's the bill. 
Well, or as we say in English, "twas ever thus." I mean, that's the that's the constant taffy pull that goes on all the time between the the demands of the public and then the reaction of the public when uh, when the bills come due. Uh, look, I'm not happy about seeing uh, taxes go up. Nobody ever is, and every politician at every level understands that. But when you table a budget, the name of the game is how well can you articulate a narrative that uh, that that squares the circle that says this is why we've made the tough decisions, whether it's on program adjustment side or on an increase in, in taxes side. And I think overall, John Tory has done that very well. I think he's uh, I think he's made his case over the last two weeks. We saw the big stuff, you know, wheeled out in a series of day by day announcements, more money for police, more money for the TTC, those kinds of things, establishing priorities. Now we see the big picture. We see that it is going to cost more. Well, guess what? Everything costs more. Uh, the uh, the the property tax increase under the rate of inflation. That's true, unless you add in the other separate line of a 1.5% increase. That takes you to 7% yeah. load on the property tax. I think that's worth pointing out. But as well, as people have articulated, look, for a long time, the rate of inflation, which has been the benchmark for tax increases, has been artificially low, many would argue. And uh, others saying that, you know, we, we haven't really kept pace uh, with the... Uh, on on, on the, 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 the revenue side with the expenditure side. Uh, are there are there big glaring areas of expenditure that can be reduced? You put that to the mayor and he put it back to you saying, all right, write up the list and then let's talk. So uh, I, again, I think overall he's uh, he's got a strong narrative and is, is making his case quite effectively. A CTV reporter had a medical crisis while she was live on television and immediately all the anti-vaxxers seized on it and said, must be the vaccine. And I've kind of reached the end of my patience on this whole file. Kofi, I'll start with you. Um, I I don't know. Maybe it's because I've spent years documenting conspiracy theories, and so that's why my feed on Twitter is full of nonsense. I mean, I got an article sent to me saying, see, the vaccines are killing people, and I click on the article. The person who wrote it is Tyler Durden, which is the character name from Fight Club. There's just so much disinformation out there, and then I think there's a ghoulish aspect as well to, for example, seizing on the soccer reporter who died during the soccer tournament and saying, see, it must have been the vaccine. And so I guess I, I, it's gotten under my skin. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we've really lost the narrative on, on reality with a lot of this stuff. And I think, you know, we have to try as much as we can to, to follow the evidence. And, you know, I was on your show throughout the pandemic, you know, supporting lockdowns because the evidence at the time said that was the best thing to do. In retrospect, not saying lockdowns were bad, but we probably could have done it differently. We've learned that. But the evidence around the vaccines is still overwhelming that it was the right thing to do. It saved millions of lives. No medical treatment is perfect. But the high level of vaccination in Canada is the reason we had so many fewer deaths than the U.S. and other parts of the world. That's, you know, the evidence is so clear there. But for other folks, it doesn't matter, right? This has gone beyond an evidence fact-based thing. This is almost kind of like a, a religious or a deep values-based argument. And, you know, I, I worry for our society because 
how do we have a conversation when on some of these basic scientific pieces, those are the divides. I'm not sure either, John, what we do, but I think the reality is there for anyone who has the courage to actually look at it and, and change their mind based on what's really happened. Bob Reed, not a day goes by that somebody doesn't forward me an article by somebody they claim to be a global, uh, globally renowned cardiologist, and then I'll click on that person, look up their biography, and sure enough, they've been cashiered out of the business for having made stuff up in the past. And good for you, John, because that's that's what we all need to do going forward to to Kofi's question. How do we fix this? How do we solve this? The only way we're going to solve the scourge of disinformation and and before, you know, it was largely limited to the realm of, you know, wives tales and, and things that didn't have huge consequence. But now we've got disinformation that literally kills people. So uh, the 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 only remedy to that is is truth and fact checking and thoroughness. We have to learn as a society now that we have the internet bombarding us with stuff of God knows the, the nature of its of its veracity. It's incumbent on all of us to going forward learn that we have to double check everything. You've got to look at the source. You've got to look at where is this information coming from. What's the agenda behind it, and is it true or not? Okay, listen, we're a little shortened because we had breaking news today, and I want to jump to one other issue because the defense minister did join us earlier on the show. And Lindsay Broadhead, she explained her case for why Canada is going to buy missile defense systems from the U.S. and then give them to Ukraine. I think there's going to be some pushback from people who don't think that we have, actually have a pony in the race. And uh, so, you know, the minister made her case. What do you think of it? There's two things I know. One thing is the thing I don't know, which is um, what is the best way um, to support Ukraine? I, I do not know whether it's, uh, you know, part and parcel of these, the, the jets that we're now committed to, if it's uh, the defense system. My working assumption in this category of I don't know is that they've had very intelligent conversations and that the experts do know. The thing I believe I do know in all of this, though, is that Canada has been absent from uh, the international table in a way that's been very meaningful, and we need to step up. Um, and the the tragedy that's happening right now uh, in the Ukraine means that we have to step up in a meaningful way so that we earn our seat back. Canada needs to be there. Um, so if this is the mechanism through which we, uh, you know, the experts say is the best way to do that, I, I'm in full support. Thank you all. We got to call it there. But Lindsay Broadhead, Kofi Hope, Bob Reed, a pleasure to have you all on the show this morning. Thanks to everybody for listening and to Joe Cristiano and Nick Mayorano for their work on the other side of the glass. Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.